This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Look with me over to Ephesians chapter 1. I'm going to start reading in verse 1. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ, by the will of God, to the saints which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. This word saints is the Hebrew word for holy. Now, we don't usually use the word holy very much unless we're talking about God. But the Bible says that by the blood of Jesus, by the redemptive work of Jesus as our Lord and Savior, being made righteous by His blood makes you holy. It's interesting that the Bible never says that we can please God in any way other than faith. Hebrews 11.6 says, but without faith it's impossible to please God. Well, we know what faith is. Faith is defined by Jesus as believing in the heart and saying with the mouth. And the Bible says that that's the only way that you can please God. That commands us to walk in love. But it doesn't, there's never a place, you can't find a scripture which says, apart from walking in love, you can't please God. It just doesn't say it. No, the just, those who have been made righteous, shall live by faith, shall live by the word of God. But I want you to see again, notice again, Paul is writing to the saints, or those who have been made holy. He's he's writing to people that have been born again. Now, this word means holy. It means sacred, pure, morally blameless, and consecrated to God. Now, those are things that most of us have the idea that after we mature in God and do enough good stuff, then maybe we'll attain that. Probably not, but at least we can try. But the Bible says that you're already there. Much more, they which receive the abundance of grace and the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. We've already been born again by faith in the Lord Jesus. We've already been made new creatures, a new species of being by the blood of Jesus. And so every time the Holy Ghost refers to us, every time the Spirit of God impresses upon one of the writers, Peter, John, uh, Paul, whoever, anytime the Holy Ghost is inspiring a writer, he refers to the church as the holy ones. Now what did you do to get there? Accepted Jesus. What do you do to stay there? Stay in Jesus. Yeah, but what if you trip and fall? What if you stumble? Does that remove your holiness? No. But what if you do something really bad? What if you commit sexual sin? What about then? Well, from the example that we have of the heroes of faith, a lot of those guys made, committed sexual sins too, and they didn't lose their place in righteousness, and they didn't lose a place in the righteousness that was just counted to them, much less for us that has already been obtained. But what if you tell a lie? Now, folks, please don't misunderstand me. I'm not saying go commit sexual sin. It's okay. I'm not saying go lie. It's okay. Paul wrote to the church later in this uh, 
book of Ephesians, he said, let those that are lying stop lying. Let those that are stealing stop stealing. But those that are lying and stealing and committing other sins are still included in part of this group that he calls holy. We don't stop being saints. We don't stop being holy because we sin in the flesh. That's hard for us to comprehend, isn't it? Because we're all performance-oriented. We're all accustomed in some level to the idea that you get what you deserve. And the devil will hammer down on you about how you don't deserve Jesus. How you don't deserve right standing with God. Paul, an apostle of Jesus Christ by the will of God to the saints, the holy ones which are at Ephesus, and to the faithful in Christ Jesus. Grace be to you and peace from God our Father and from the Lord Jesus Christ. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who hath, everybody say hath, that means past tense, it's already done, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ according as he has chosen us. He picked you. You didn't find him. He picked you. And here's a little secret. He knew who you were before he picked you. All the things that the devil wants to try to beat you over the head with, wrongdoings and mistakes and failures and things like that, God already knew about that before he ever picked you. You don't have to come sneaking in the back door of heaven saying, oh, Father, I'm so unworthy. I can imagine the conversation going like this. God responds and says, why do you think you're unworthy? Oh, because of the terrible things that I did. And he laughs and he said, oh, yeah, I saw you do that before I ever picked you. So, God, you mean you're not surprised that we messed up? And he responds, are you kidding? According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world. That's how long ago he knew that you would mess up. Before the world was founded. Before the world was created. That we should be holy. Here's the same word as saints. That we should be holy and without blame before him in love. Having predestined us, that just means foreordained. Doesn't mean God made it happen. It meant God saw it as a part of his plan, made it a part of his plan before you ever came on the scene. Having predestinated us under the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will. In other words, he picked you because he wanted to. You didn't have to try to talk him into saving you. Or filling you with the Holy Ghost and you don't have to try to talk him into blessing you with healing or prosperity or any of the other things that Jesus purchased. He did it before you ever knew about it. He did it before you were ever born. He did it because he wanted to. You may not realize this, but you are the apple of his eye. You are the child, the son or the daughter. That he will do anything to see that you have every advantage in life. He's already blessed you with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. How do we turn those spiritual blessings into earthly blessings? Faith, which is the only thing that pleases God. So if we put that together, we can say that God has already given you every advantage necessary and possible, every advantage imaginable. And if you really want to please God, you'll believe that what he said is true and take hold of it. Yeah, but what if we sin and stumble along the way? Just get up and keep going. He knew that was going to happen. Yeah, but shouldn't we repent? Sure, that takes a couple of seconds. 
if you imagine it as a race in an outdoor track meet type thing, most of the church world lives by running the race until they trip and fall. And then instead of getting up and finishing the race, they sit there for a while and moan and groan for a couple of days until their feelings get better about it and then start running again. Wouldn't that be silly? Nobody's going to put down a runner for tripping, but there's no reason to quit the race. According as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame. That was God's original plan for you to be holy. That's why he made Adam holy. That's why he caused Jesus to pay for the precious, through his precious blood, for the plan of redemption that recreates you as holy. That you might be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise and the glory of his grace, wherein he has made us accepted in the beloved. Now, Jesus is the beloved. He has made us accepted in the beloved. Folks, there's two kinds of people. There's those that are accepted in Jesus and those who are lost or unsaved. You can't be partially accepted any more than you can be a little bit unsaved. You're either in Christ or you're not. If you're in Christ, the Bible says specifically that you've been accepted. That means God's okay with you just like you are. He might not want you to stay just like you are. But he's provided the word for us to live by so we can change. Change for the good. But there's only two kinds of people. Those who are accepted in Jesus, those who have been born again, in other words, and those who have not, the lost, the unsaved, to whom the gift of righteousness is available, but they haven't yet, at least, taken advantage of it. Now, if you're accepted in Christ Jesus, where is there room for condemnation because of our own actions? See, the devil wants to tell you that you messed up, and because you messed up, you're not on the end with God anymore. You may be well enough informed to know that you can't lose your salvation over it, but God wants you to go sit in the corner for a few days until you decide to do better. It's not the way it works. You're either accepted or you're not. You're either saved and accepted or you're unsaved and on the outside of God's family. Those are the only two possibilities. There's nothing you can do. There's no work you can perform. There's no amount of time you can pray every day or amount of the word time that you spend in the word every day that makes you accepted. God accepted you before you ever found out anything about it. Now, praying every day is a good thing. Reading and studying the word as much as you can is a good thing. I'm not saying those are not good things, but those are not the things that please and bless God. Now, they can result in things that please God. We can find the truth of the word so that we can operate in it according to our faith. And that pleases God. God is pleased when you accept his word to be true in your life and live by it. But it's faith and only faith that pleases God. 
And faith is so far removed from works, things that we can or cannot do, should or should not do, will do or won't do, as the heaven is higher above the earth. Join Mike Webb and Foothill Family Church every Sunday night at 6 p.m. for our weekly healing school. Healing school is for those who are in need of being healed from sickness in their body, as well as those who want to strengthen their faith in the area of healing. Now, whatever somebody, you or me or somebody else might think of why Jesus healed the sick, Matthew 8, 17 tells us why he healed everybody that was sick. Jesus healed all that were sick that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by Isaiah the prophet, saying himself took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. Foothill Family Church is in Orange County at the corner of Bake Parkway and Lake Forest Drive, just minutes off the 5 Freeway. To learn more about how you and your family can connect with Foothill Family Church, simply log on to mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word. Now, the Bible talks about this righteousness, the intent, God's intent, that this righteousness should bring us to the place. We should have such an understanding of righteousness and the new creation that we've been made unto so that we come boldly before his throne. There is no back door to heaven that you can sneak in. And the Bible is very clear, crystal clear, that it's our nature of being born again, the righteousness of, uh, that God that is of God that we've been made unto that enables us to stand before the throne of God without any sense of guilt or blame or condemnation or any such thing. The Bible goes so far as to say that we have the same right to stand before the throne of God as Jesus has to sit by it because we've been made accepted in the beloved. Turn with me over to Colossians chapter 1. Let me show you something else along this line. Uh, start in verse 9. Going to have to go with most of the chapter. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding, that you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. Now, stop right there. A lot of times we'll read this phrase, walk worthy of the Lord, and clearly he's talking about behavior. Clearly he's talking about lifestyle. He's talking about making choices according to God's will, his plan, and his purpose. But notice this says, walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing. What's the only thing that the Bible says pleases God? Faith. So the walking worthy that he's talking about has got to be walking according to faith. The just shall live by faith. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. So when he's talking about walking worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, he has to be talking about what the Bible says in other places about the just living by faith. So let's insert that. See if it changes it any for us or helps us understand. For this cause we also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and to desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will in all wisdom and spiritual understanding that you might walk by faith, which pleases God. Now, how many of you are walking by faith? How many of you are walking by faith? Let's ask it this way. 
to the extent that you know, how many of you are not? You're not going to raise your hand on anything, are you? <laughs> Thanks for your cooperation. No, I understand. We could ask it this way. How many of you have been born again? Then you walked by faith. Now, to the degree that you know the word, aren't you trying to walk by faith in that too? That doesn't mean we're walking by faith as much today as we will next week or next month or next year. We would assume that we'd know more of the word by then and see more light on what we can do and how we can do it, what we can believe for and how we can believe God. But the point is simply this. If you've got a desire or a love for God and to grow in his word, then you're walking according to all pleasing. God doesn't expect you to know everything. He knows what you don't know. I remember Brother Hagin telling about a vision that he had where the Lord was teaching him about how to exercise authority over the devil. And the Lord said this to him in a vision. He said, there's nowhere in my word, Old Testament or New Testament, that says to pray to me or pray to the Father and he'll do something about the devil. And Brother Hagin responded. He answered and he said, well, Lord, that's different than anything I've ever heard. The Lord had also said to him in this vision, he said to pray to me or to the Father that I would do something about the devil would be a waste of prayer. And Brother Hagin responded and said, well, I've wasted a lot of time praying then. He said, this is different than anything I've ever heard or understood. And he said, I don't care if I am having a vision, seeing you before me. He said, I'm going to have to have the word of God on that. And the Bible says in the mouth of two or three witnesses, let every word be established. I want you to give me three witnesses from the New Testament that proves what you're saying. He said, Jesus smiled real sweetly and he said, Son, I'll do you better. I'll give you four. And Brother Hagin answered and said, well, I've read the Bible through 150 times and portions of it a lot more than that. And if there's anything in there like that, I'm not aware of it. He said, Jesus kind of grinned at him and said, well, son, there's a lot in there you don't know yet. Well, I'm sure we're all in that same boat, aren't we? There's a lot in there we don't know yet. And we're not held responsible for what we don't know. But for me, that's one of the reasons why I want to grow in the knowledge of the Word so I can find out and take advantage of what's there. Amen? Then that means, if you've got the same kind of attitude as I do, that means that you are already walking worthy of the Lord and all-pleasing. And notice what Paul is praying for them. He's praying that they would be filled with the knowledge of His will and all wisdom and spiritual understanding. In other words, he's praying for them that they'll learn, to, that they'll learn more, have greater knowledge of the word than what they have now so that they can walk in faith according to that new knowledge which pleases God. God's pleased by your faith. Let's keep reading. Strengthened with all might. Well, verse 10 again. That you may walk worthy of the Lord unto all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God, strengthened with all might according to his glorious power unto all patience. And long-suffering with joyfulness. That means things are not going to work instantly. We're going to need patience. We're going to need long-suffering. It's going to take some things time to bear out, to come to pass. 
giving thanks unto the Father which has made us meet or able to be partakers of the inheritance of the saints, holy ones in light. You've been made accepted in the beloved. You've been made able to stand with all the saints in the body of Christ. Who, speaking of Jesus, has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into the kingdom of his dear son. You're there now. You are in the realm where God's influence creates his will here on the earth just like it is in heaven. You're not going to be one little bit, even a little bit, more in the kingdom of God when you get to heaven as you are right now. In whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of every creature. For by him, still talking about Jesus, by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers. All things were created by him and for him. Which means he has influence and power over them. And he is before all things. That means talking about priority. He's predominant or preeminent. Before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church, which is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. For it pleased the Father that in him should all fullness dwell. And having made peace through the blood of his cross, by him to reconcile all things unto himself, by him I say, whether they be things in the earth or things in heaven, and you that were sometime alienated and enemies in your mind by the wicked works, yet now has he reconciled in the body of his flesh through death to present you holy. and unblameable, and unreprovable in his sight. If you continue in the faith, stay in Christ, in other words, grounded and settled, and be not moved away from the hope of the gospel, which you have heard and which was preached to every creature which is under heaven, whereof I, Paul, am made a minister. Say this after me. I am holy. That sounds weird, doesn't it? Say this, God is holy. Look how much stronger you said that than when you said it about yourself. See, we're okay with saying God's holy. We believe that. Let me ask you something. Is God holy because he's never sinned? Or is he holy because he's God? See, folks, the issue is this. Sin is not the thing that makes a person unholy. Spiritual death is. So your sin, things that you stumble and fall into, do not bring unholiness or take away you the fact that you've been made holy. You're holy by nature, just as God is holy by nature. See, folks, as far as God is concerned or as it pertains to God, God can't sin. If God said the wrong thing, what we would think of as the wrong thing, it would come to pass because God said it. 
So by the nature of God himself, he cannot be unholy. And that's the nature that he made you of. Does that make any sense to you at all? You're holy because of the blood of Jesus, because you were recreated in his likeness and in his image. For one purpose, according to the scripture, that is for you to exercise dominion here on the earth. So what do we do? We live by faith. We live by the word of God. Or another way to say that is we live according to the nature that we've been born into by the blood of Jesus. Well, aren't there things that we should do and things we shouldn't do? Not really. 1 John chapter 3 and verse 23 says, This is his commandment that we must keep, that we should believe on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and walk in love. That's it. Romans 13.10 says, Love works no ill to his neighbor, therefore love is the fulfilling of the law. So then what are the fruits or the works of righteousness? Well, that's easy to identify. When we're made righteous, the Bible says in Romans 5.5, at the new birth, the love of God is shed abroad in our heart. So then the works of righteousness are simply the fruit of the Spirit. The fruit, the works, the result of the reborn spirit, human spirit. Love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, literally faithfulness, meekness, and temperance. Against such, there is no law. So what are we to do? Believe God and walk in love that you can bring out when the devil starts attacking you. You need to be so firmly established in that so that the devil can gain no foothold in your mind and your thoughts. No matter what's happened before, no matter what territory he's trying to occupy in your thinking up to this point, we need to be firmly fixed and established in that. Let me close with one final scripture. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. Fear not, I am with you. Be not dismayed. That means distracted or taken off course. For I am your God. He said, I will strengthen thee. I will help thee. And I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Yeah, but I feel so helpless. Well, he said he'd help you. Yeah, but I feel so weak. He said he'd strengthen you. Pastor Mike, I just don't feel like I'm going to make it. He said, I'll uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Since God is for us, since God is with us, since God is in us, who can be against us? The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. One translation says, that means a new species of being. God put his spirit inside of you and made you a new person. You're not the person you may see yourself to be. Learn to look at yourself through the lens of God's word and walk according to what he says about you. Thanks for watching today. Come visit us at Foothill Family Church. This is Foothill Family Church with Mike Webb. Think about the verses we read where it says, don't be afraid because I'll uphold you. I'll hold you up with the right hand of my righteousness. 
Well, being upheld means we won't go under, doesn't it? Being upheld means we'll be victorious. Being upheld means we'll conquer whatever it is the devil's bringing against us. And that's the good news of Jesus. You always win. Join us Sundays at 9.30 a.m. and 6 p.m. or Wednesdays at 7 p.m. Visit us online at mikeweb.tv. Foothill Family Church, building strong, spirit-filled lives through God's Word.